welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. My name is Mike. I'm your host, and I haven't done this in quite a while because we've had quite a few really, really awesome guests, and so I'm I'm doing the podcast by myself. This week, kind of what I wanted to talk to you about is runners who run and their spouse doesn't. It's it's kind of this weird dynamic, you know. I mean, you. I think there's a lot of houses that are like this where you've got one of the partners who runs and one of the partners who doesn't. So Jenny kind of covered a little bit about what it's like for the non-running spouse, especially in weird long races where you're wondering where your spouse is and everything. So I'm going to kind of cover what it's like from the runner's perspective with the non-runner spouse and some of the things that we have to do as runners to make a good balance in our household so that we can keep on doing the thing that we love doing, which is running, but we also keep building that strong family, which is of vital importance as well. And then, of course, you throw in the other whole balance of 99.9% of us are runners who are not paid to run. And so it's kind of weird. I always think, you know, I just signed up for another race and I'm paying to go get a buckle or a medal. It's so weird. But it's really, I think you're paying for the experience of being around all bunch of other runners, seeing where you stack up in comparison to some of the runners that are out there that you're not competing with because I don't really consider running to be this uber competition thing where I'm competing against other runners, but I'm really competing against myself. But I like to see how I measure up against other runners that are in my pace background, which is slow as a turtle. But anyway, I I just got diverted from talking about runners with a non-runner spouse. So it's really strange as a runner when you're out there doing your thing and you're thinking about how do I make up for this, you know, six hour run that I'm putting in on a Saturday and my spouse, my significant other isn't out here running. And I do it a lot. And I will admit that when I first got addicted to this ultra running scene, and it is sort of an addiction, I didn't really think that too much about what my spouse was thinking when I'm out there Especially, you got to picture this, I'm in the Bighorn Mountains with no cell service, so I can't exactly text her and say, hey, I'm about an hour and a half away from being finished with my run. There was no service, so you couldn't text her and tell her when you're gone. But there's a couple points I want to make that runners need to think about in terms of non-running spouses. So the first point is exactly the thing that I just talked about. For runners, when we're out there running, we think in terms of miles. For a non-running significant other, they don't think in terms of miles. So when I tell Jenny, I'm going out for a 20-mile run, that really means nothing to her. 20 miles. How many hours is that? See, it's the hours. So when when I tell Jenny, okay, I got a 20-mile run this weekend, I also say, okay, so I'm going to First Landing State Park, for example. So I got a 30-minute drive, 30-minute drive home. So that's an hour Say it's going to take me five hours between, you know, running, rest breaks, seeking water, that kind of stuff. So when I tell her I'm going for a 20-mile run, I say I'm going to be gone for six hours. So it's important for us runners when we're communicating with our non-running significant other to translate our miles into hours away from home. 
That way they can make their plans accordingly also so that they can plan around our outrageous amounts of times that we spend out there running, especially if you're in ultra running and training. And, you know, you're like me and you're going, okay, I'd really like to get out and do about 30 this weekend. So I need to explain to my wife that I'm going to be gone for about seven to eight hours. And then you realize that's like an entire workday that I'm going to be gone away from the house. And so it's just that first thing that you have to do. Communication is key. And it's communication in your non-running significant other's language, which isn't Miles. It's always time. How much time am I going to be away? So the second thing that's really important as runners with a non-running significant other is to be able to not make it up to them, but to chisel out time in our training blocks where it's just your significant other time. And that doesn't have to be a lot of things. You know, Jenny and I have found, you know, every once in a while when the weather is nice, she'd love to go for a walk. When it's snowing pollen like it is right now in Hampton Roads, she's not so much up for a walk outside, but to be able to do different things. Like, and I'll give you an example. So uh, about a week ago or so, I don't remember when it was, I got up early and I had all my stuff packed. I had, you know, my water already and everything. And I was going out and doing about a 20 mile run. And I suddenly realized, you know, I've been spending a lot of time away because, you know, I did 200 miler. I did, you know, two months of pretty heavy duty training going into the 200 miler. I backed up the 200 miler with about three weeks later going and pacing somebody during a hundred mile run. And so I've been away from home a lot on the weekends and everything. And so I woke up and, you know, went about my normal routine and everything. And as I'm getting ready to walk out the door, I thought, hmm, you know, there's a number of things that I could just do around the house today. And instead of going out for this long, outrageous run that I don't really need to do because I'm in really good condition right now, I'm going to make it a Jenny day and I'm going to make it organize the house and do the things that she likes to do. And so I stowed my pack and I stowed my running gear and I just started doing things around the house. And then when Jenny got up, very surprised that I was still there, I said, hey, this day's yours. I'm going to hang out with you today. We're going to organize the house. She likes to do this thing called a tornado which is, you know, where you go in one section of the house and, you know, you get everything where it's supposed to be. And then you go to another section of the house and you get everything where it's supposed to be. It's kind of fun. So we had a good time. And, you know, that that is one of those things that we as runners can do to make sure that we're balancing out that time with our significant others. So another thing that we can do is we can prioritize, especially during races, to try and make them be a part of it. A lot of you know that Jenny is a excellent, excellent run crew person for tiny stretches of time. To ask Jenny to try and crew through an entire weekend is excruciating for her. And so what I've learned to do is I've learned to say, okay, can you come out and crew me from 10 to 2? And let her be a part of that. But one of the things that I've also found that is a lot of fun, especially in these ultras, is to invite her out to cross the finish line with me. Because one of the things that's really important is our significant other is a huge part of us crossing every single finish line. You know, when we cross a 50K or a 50 mile or a 100 mile or a 200 mile finish line, our significant other has sacrificed a lot of time with us. 
And so it's really important to <laughs> spend some time. So some other little things that we can do as runners to make sure that our non-running significant other is a part of what we're doing is to always understand that we're not professionals. And I, I this is one thing that I think of a lot. I am not a professional runner. I just really, really, really love running. And I'm kind of a really, 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 really weird runner because I really like running long, long distances and for many, many hours. And so we have to understand that even though we like that, and I like to go out on adventures, so I like to go get lost you know, on the Appalachian Trail now that I'm no longer in the Bighorn Mountains. When I was in the Bighorn Mountains, man, I, would, I wouldn't even do maps, man. I would just go, you know, I remember as I was driving to this other trail, I remember seeing this trail that looked you know, like it went someplace. And so I would just go and I would park my truck and I would just take off and go running on this trail, not having any idea where I was going, not having any idea where I'd end up. I always ended up in beautiful places. And sometimes I could even get back to those beautiful places if I tried. But it was just fun just to not have to run loops. For those of you in the Hampton Roads area, where you get used to running loops and loops and loops oh sorry <laughs> you just there's not a lot of ooh that looks like a cool place to go run because it's probably only like a two mile little trail and um so the the big thing as i was talking about is you gotta find ways to involve your significant other in the beauty I like to take pictures and I like to come back and share with her my my pictures that I took during during the run. You know, even here in Hampton Roads, I can go out to the beach and I can take pictures, you know, being out at the beach. I mean, I've got great pictures of dolphins cresting on the water. I've got pictures of eagles, bald eagles and osprey in First Landing State Park as they swoop down and dive into the water to get their prey and you know, it's there's so much beauty in the world out there that our non non runners, significant others don't get to see because they're not going to go out there and and do the things that we're doing. So, find ways to share with them the incredible beauty that you get a chance to run in. Another thing to make your running part of your life is to share the challenges you're having. You know, I I share the challenges I'm having with Jenny and I ask her if she knows any solutions. And, you know, it'll be it'll actually surprise you how often when you go, you know, I'm dealing with this thing in my heel and I don't really understand what it is. And all of a sudden they'll come up with a solution. I also have Jenny come up with solutions when I've done something to my body that I that needs mending. And she comes up with solutions on those type of things. And she doesn't. She's not even studying running or anything like I do. Like I, I read about running outrageously. But, you know, to be able to go with your significant other and go, hey, I'm dealing with this. You know, what do you think? And you know what? When you do that sincerely and you do that knowing that, you know, you really want to share with them what's going on, they're going to help you find ways to, you know, get around it and get out there and do your best. The thing I'm tr- I'm really trying to point out here in this podcast is that us runners, we have to be very, very conscious that our significant others are also a huge part 
of us getting out there and running free. And so find creative ways to make sure that your non-running significant other is a huge part of what you're doing. And you will find that you'll have a lot more success out there running and you'll keep the joy in the household much, much higher. And that right there is a huge, is going to make a huge difference in the way that you run when you're out there running. If you know that your spouse is at home and they're thinking about you and they're praying for you and they're hoping that you do really, really well on that run, you're going to be a lot more free to just relax and just, you know, settle into a run and just make it fun. So this whole podcast has been about find ways as a runner when you have that non-running significant other to make the running part of their life, but don't pressure them to go out and run with you. Jenny has gone on hikes, and when we did this a lot more in the Bighorn Mountains, we do it some here on the on the Virginia AT, but we'll take off, and, and those of you who know Jenny know that she is a professional napper. Um, if there was a napping league, she would be the MVP of the napping league. And so there's been many times where I've gone, hey, can you just you know, go for a hike and, and, I, and she'll go up about a mile and I'll find a nice spot where she can lay down in the beautiful sunshine and have a nap. And then I'll go running off and come back and go running off and come back and go running off and come back until she's ready to go home. And so, you know, there's just, there's so many fun ways that you can make running a part of your relationship, even when your significant other doesn't run. So, that's it for this week's episode of Living an Ultralight. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time.